Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a busy edition of the HHC. On the one hand, it's a silver linings edition. Hornets falling 130-99 to to the Milwaukee Bucks last night at Spectrum Center. And it's a game preview edition. Hornets will be hosting the New York Knicks tonight, game two of a back-to-back for both teams. We'll touch on both of those. Also, give you an update from just north of us in Greensboro as the Greensboro Swarm had a game, their first win of the season. We'll check in on them in our Swarm report. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with me once again. Rob, a tough one for the Hornets last night, 130-99. to On the one hand, good to see uh, at least closer to the full group available for Buzz City. Uh, but even with the team at full strength, Milwaukee is one of those handful of teams that is just elite in the NBA. And not to say that the Hornets can't knock them off, I certainly believe that they can. But if Milwaukee plays a good game, they're going to win most games against anyone in the NBA, and the Milwaukee Bucks played arguably their best game of the season, hitting from all corners of the court, 48% from three. They had 32 assists. This is a team that has struggled in the sharing the ball department. They were exceptional at it. If they play like that, they're going to be hard to beat for anyone. Certainly. I mean, this is one where you come in and you look at it, and if you would have told me at the beginning of the night that the Hornets were only going to let the Bucks go to the free throw line 13 times, I would have been ecstatic about it because Milwaukee is a team that gets to the charity stripe a lot. I mean, they're first in the association, I believe. They're at least top three, if I remember off the top of my head correctly. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, they each go 10 times to the charity stripe on average. So if they kept them off the free throw line, I would have been happy. But then you look at the three-point percentage and the Bucks just shot almost lights out, 49% from beyond the arc at halftime. You know, their three-point shooting was good. I mean, it was 8 of 22, not great, but not terrible. And then they just really cranked it to another level there in that second half. They end up going 14 for 23 from three-point land in the second half, and that was kind of the ball game where they just went on these really, really long runs. And Damian Lillard showed up, especially in that third quarter. He had 27 through three quarters of play, and 18 of them came in the third quarter. That's what you expect out of a guy that can score in bunches, and that's why you went out and you spent – several first-round picks on him, and that's why you mortgaged your future a little bit, for lack of a better term, on a guy like Damian Lillard So you had a running mate with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's not a surprise by any means that when you look at the final score, it looks a little bit more inflated maybe than how close this game was. I mean, it started to get a little bit out of hand there in the fourth quarter, but I mean, Charlotte was down 11 going into the fourth frame. They gave themselves a puncher's chance. They led this one early. They had a really good first quarter, probably the best first quarter that they've had all season, quite frankly. I mean, they scored a season-high 37 in opening quarters in the game last night and just not able to sustain it a whole lot, but great to see guys back like Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller getting back into the fold. Miles Bridges had a big game off the bench as well, so at least in that sense, it seems like the Hornets are rounding the corner in terms of health-wise, and knock on wood, hopefully that remains the case, and they, you know, keep in mind, they're still missing a guy like Terry Rozier and some other defensive stoppers like Frank Nielakina, who we haven't seen yet this season because of that knee injury, so as as much as we looked at that game last night and we mentioned it at halftime about how this team felt like it was almost full 
they're still missing a lot of pieces, but it was still a lot much more glass half full than glass half empty from what we've seen over the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, better does not mean normal. So the Hornets are healthier than they have been, but they're not normal in terms of what you would expect a team to have if they're operating under quote-unquote full strength. There's a couple of things from the box score last night are a bit deceiving. One is the final score. I, I was saying at the end of the broadcast, Milwaukee's coming off a win over Toronto where they were up by 35 for at least half the game and the game got a lot closer at the end so it didn't look as lopsided as it really was. Uh, Milwaukee ended up winning that one up north of the border by a final of 128 to 112 so it looks a lot closer than it really was. Last night I thought it was the opposite. Charlotte got blown out in garbage time Milwaukee rode that to plus 11, I think, in the final two minutes. So what was really a 15 to 20 point game for the most part ended up being a 31 point loss. Uh, Maybe some of the in-season tournament coming into play there. Milwaukee trying to expand their point differential and give themselves a better look at a wild card if they need it into the IST knockout rounds. But overall Charlotte offensively, I think they they had some good things there. Milwaukee just a great team game. 31 assists total on the night. Uh, They had seven players in double figures. They shared the ball well. They shot almost 50% from three. Led of course by Malik Beasley and Dame Lillard. Uh, Just all around a great, great game. But offensively, the Hornets, they had a great start. And we talk about this a lot on the broadcast and on here on the podcast that sometimes we're prisoner to our first impression. First impression from the Hornets was like, wow, they look great. 37 points right out the gates. They knocked down four threes. This is going to be a great game. You look at the box score at the end. They shot 23% from three. A lot of guys had rough shooting nights. And after the game, LaMelo Ball touched on what seemed to go awry as the game wore on offensively. Pretty much just getting out of the flow, coming down, quick shots, you know, not really getting to the paint, you know, making an extra pass, that that type of stuff. There you have it, LaMelo Ball's diagnosis on the game. He had an exceptional one, season high, 37 points, one away from his career high. Did have a career high in free throws, getting to the line 11 times, but unfortunately not a whole lot of help alongside him. One player who did provide a lot of help in his first game back for the Charlotte Hornets, Miles Bridges, came off the bench, played 33 minutes, scored 17 points on 6 of 13, shooting 2 for 5 from deep, made all three of his free throws, also had five rebounds, four assists, and was the primary defender on Giannis Antetokounmpo. After the game, here's Hornets head coach Steve Clifford on Miles Bridges' performance. Oh, for sure. I mean, I listen, he brings energy. Uh, he's very positive with his teammates on the floor. He's got toughness. You know, he's a very good competitor. And those are all like intangible type things that you need, as many guys like that as possible. So I don't think there's a phase of the game where he doesn't help the team. There's Hornets head coach Steve Clifford on the performance from Miles Bridges. I think it's fair to assume that he is going to improve more and more as he gets more and more time on the floor. But in opening salvo, that was a pretty solid one. 17 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, and primary defender on Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, oh, by the way, I know he missed his last game due to a calf injury, but prior to that, the three games he had played in prior, he had at least 35 points in all of them. He only had 16 last night, which for Giannis, that's a pedestrian number. So uh, a lot of things that are positives from the performance on the floor there from Miles Bridges in last night's loss. It is a Silver Linings edition, so we'll seek out the Silver Linings right here, right now. Rob Longo, your Silver Linings performer. I've been taking a low-hanging fruit a lot, so I'm trying to avoid that here today. And I'm going to go with that kind of that storyline of the big-on-big matchup. I'm going to go with Mark Williams. Mark Williams flips it to Miles Bridges. Bridges inside. Mark Williams will sky, and he'll throw it down. A two-handed Dr. Pepper dunk. 
for Mark Williams. Mark last night with a double-double, 11 points, 16 rebounds. He goes 4-7 from the field, 3-4 for four at the free throw line. I just thought that it's one of those games where it was a big bounce-back game over the last couple ones. Didn't have a great game in New York against a guy like Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. That kind of duo didn't do particularly well the other night on Tuesday against one of the top centers in the association in Bam Adebayo. I know Brooke Lopez is a different center now that he's a little bit older and has kind of stretched his game out to more of the perimeter, but he's still very, very sizable there down low and especially on that defensive end that he got the better of Mark a couple of times there yesterday. There were a couple of sequences where Brooke maybe had two or three blocks on one possession for the Hornets. So not quite that top, top, top tier talent in the center position that Mark was going up against last night. But keep in mind, too, he was doing a lot of switching on some of the smaller guys, playing a lot against Giannis Antetokounmpo as well. I just thought from a defensive standpoint, this was a good bounce back game for Mark. Pretty much everybody finished in a negative in the plus minus yesterday, but at halftime, he was a positive in the plus minus. He just looked a lot, lot better out there. I thought this was a good bounce back game for him, and it gives him a lot more motivation or at least confidence, I guess, for lack of a better term, going into today's matchup against New York, where he's got to go against Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson again. Yeah, good one to touch on. You know, he has his fourth double-double of the season, 15th of his career, finishing with those 16 rebounds, 11 points. Six of the rebounds were on the offensive side. I thought, for the most part, he did do a decent job against Brooke Lopez, and first half clearly was better than the second half, where Dame Lillard took off and took over. But overall, I, I like what we saw from Mark Williams, and in a strange way, Milwaukee does have have some similarities to the New York Knicks in that they tend to play really, really big, especially with their starters. They've got both Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo, so there's two seven-footers on the floor, and tonight the Hornets are going to see a somewhat similar situation. They're different players, but Mitchell Robinson, not the same offensive threat Brooke Lopez is, but the better rebounder of the two, and of course Julius Randle, who is not Giannis Antetokounmpo, but no one is. He's an exceptional power forward who does a lot of things, so there's going to be a lot of size to contend with once again tonight. My silver lining selection, I think it's the obvious one. He had a season high, almost a career high. Give me LaMelo Ball. LaMelo from the left elbow. Hit in the back. No call. Rebound Brandon Miller. The putback. No. Rebound Mark Williams. Baseline pass. LaMelo. Corner three. It's good! I just thought LaMelo was outstanding. He did what Dame Lillard has been doing all season. Dame has not had a very good shooting start to his season. He obviously did last night. That third quarter was exceptionally knocked down four threes. Finishes with 27 points. But he has made his a living to start this season from the free throw line, getting there early, often, and everywhere in between. Last night, that was LaMelo. He identified that the three-point shot wasn't falling as frequently as it has recently. did knock down a pair of them, but he was able to find advantages getting into the paint, and he took advantage of it by scoring a lot on the interior. He was 10 of... 19 from inside the arc, so better than 50%, and 11 of 12 from the free throw line, a career-high 11 made free throw. So I love LaMelo's game. It can't be that a player has to go 6-for-6 from deep for it to be a good day offensively. If you're an exceptional player, you find ways to score, and I'm never going to poo-poo a 37-point performance from LaMelo Ball. It's his sixth straight game of 25 or more. I thought he was exceptional and worthy of our silver linings last night. Okay, Hornets fall 130-99. to They're now 1-2 in the in-season tournament. 
really, really long odds to get out. It's not mathematically impossible, but they're going to need an awful lot of help and going to need to blow out the New York Knicks when they face off against them at Madison Square Garden later in the month. Tonight's game won't count towards the IST, but it will count towards the standings where Charlotte has fallen to 3-8. and eight. They're 1-5 and five at home. They've lost five in a row inside Spectrum Center. Definitely need to turn that around. We'll have our game preview for Hornets versus Knicks in a little bit, but coming up next, we're going to go up the road to Greensboro, check in on how the Swarm fans against Raptors 905. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Want to pass along a little bit of news that uh, was made in the last 24 hours. Hornets Sports and Entertainment and Bet365 announced an exclusive long-term partnership under which Bet365 becomes an official partner of the Charlotte Hornets and will become the official mobile sports betting partner of the Charlotte Hornets, subject to Bet365 becoming licensed to operate in North Carolina. We welcome Bet365 to the Hornets Sports and Entertainment family, and uh, we're going to have a lot to do with them. They are uh, part of our partnership with them is their involvement in the radio broadcast as well as the in-game presentation. So we look forward to a very uh, fruitful future for both the Hornets as well as Bet365 with this deal having been done. Hornets took the loss last night to Milwaukee, 130-99. to They will look for a better result today, taking on the New York Knicks. But before we preview that one, wanted to touch on the Greensboro Swarm scoring a victory over Raptors 9-0-5 yesterday, 108-82, the final score. The Swarm really piled it on in the fourth quarter, outscoring Greensboro 34-13 in the fourth quarter, 30-18 to in the third. They really ran away with this one uh, down the stretch, especially in the second half. And a couple of the two-way players for the Hornets really stood out in this one. Amari Bailey, the second-round pick, finishes with 26 points. That is the game high for all players involved. 10 of 20 from the floor, 4 for 4 from the free-throw line. Also had 6 rebounds and 3 assists. And then Leaky Black. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, gets the double-double, almost had a triple-double in there. Both those guys were plus 22 or better in the plus-minus. That's what you want to see when you send guys to the G League affiliate and they're either two-way players or they're just on the NBA roster, you expect them to go out there and put up big numbers and start to find their space and their place in the pro-style game. And for those two rookies to do what they did off the jump, not having a whole lot of practice time with Greensboro, mind you. They've been spending the lion's share of their time with the Hornets, both because they're two-way players, so you expect them to contribute something, and the Hornets were so beat up, they both had roles in the last handful of games. Uh, but either way, great performances from both those guys. It, their first game with Greensboro, and maybe not a shock, the first win for the Swarm, having those two available. And it's probably minuscule based off of just the way that it feels. But the thing I liked about that, too, is the fact that Amari Bailey and Leaky Black both came off the bench in that game as well. They didn't start. So if they ever get that call up, because, again, two-way contracts can fluctuate between Greensboro and Charlotte. We already saw Leaky and Amari get some playing time here this season because of how shorthanded the Hornets were. But if they do come into that NBA setting... They're going to come off the bench, so it's just kind of getting the repetition and just getting that feeling of coming off the bench, watching the game a little bit, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, based off the way the game is unfolding. So that's really good to see. And just the efficiency, too. I mean, Amari Bailey, 10 for 20 from the field, and Leaky Black was 4 or 6 from the field. So the fact that they were just highly effective and highly efficient was really, really good to see, and and maybe a comfort level a little bit from a guy like Leaky Black. I mean, he's basically been all over the triad at this point, growing up in Charlotte area and then going over to North Carolina 
Carolina. Now he's back over in Greensboro as well. Probably played a lot of games at the Coliseum in the ACC tournament, so he's used to that area as well. So just really cool to see kind of a full circle thing for Leaky Black in that sense. And another little note too, I mean, R.J. Hunter is a guy that the Hornets brought in that didn't make the team. He was waived, but he is now on the Greensboro Swarms roster. He started last night. He finished with 13 points, 5 of 11 shooting, and it's just good to see him back out there. I know he's been battling a lot of injuries over the last couple of seasons and just trying to get his footing, trying to resurrect his career a little bit. So that was a little bit of a promise there too. Yeah, good game for him. He knocked down three threes. Also a tip of the cap to Nate Mensah, 19 points, 9 rebounds at the center spot for the Greensboro Swarm. Swarm are in the midst of a six-game homestand right now. They score their first win of the season. They're playing tonight again against Raptors 9.05. So if you are closer to Greensboro than Charlotte and want to see some pro basketball, that's another option for you. You can put the earbuds in. You can listen to us on the Hornets radio network as the Hornets take on the New York Knicks and catch a live G League game in front of you with the Swarm taking on Raptors 9.05. Later on over the Thanksgiving week, the day before Thanksgiving, Hornets host the Maine Celtics the day after Thanksgiving, Maine Celtics round two. And then on Saturday, the Greensboro Swarm hosts the Westchester Knicks to wrap up the homestand. So a lot of Swarm home action at the back half of November for you to enjoy. And hopefully the Swarm can build off the victory last night and uh, score another one in the win column, taking on that same Raptors 9.05 team. Coming up next here on the HHC, we're going to preview tonight's Hornets game. Charlotte taking on a hot New York Knicks side. We'll talk about the game next here on the Hornets Ivecast. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets ready for night two of a back-to-back. They are going to host the New York Knicks tonight. Charlotte very much needing a victory. Hornets have slipped to 3-8 and eight on the season. They've lost five in a row at home. And the Hornets have now lost eight of their last ten games overall and four of their last five. Again, they really really need a W and they're facing a hot team as they try and pick it up. The New York Knicks have won six uh check that five of their last six games. They are now seven and five on the season. They also had to play last night, took care of the Washington Wizards. 120 to 99 was the final score. Another one where it was closer throughout the contest, but then the Knicks piled it on in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were up by about Five points. It was really like a one or two possession game going into the fourth quarter. And then the Knicks took over, outscoring Washington 31 to 15 in the final frame. Just saw this one a couple of days ago over the weekend in the Big Apple. Hornets fell 129 to 107, but Charlotte was much closer in this one until they got hit with a big injury. Brandon Miller had an exceptional first quarter for Charlotte at Madison Square Garden with 11 points and three rebounds, but stepped on a foot, twisted his ankle, ended up missing the back three quarters for the most part of that game against the Knicks. So who knows what he would have ended up with after an 11-point first quarter and had to miss the next game against Miami. Started to get himself back into form last night in the loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Not his best game, not by a long shot, but he did finish a couple at the rim, started to get back in rhythm, ends up with 10 points, four rebounds, and three assists. So that's the matchup tonight. Charlotte 3-8 and eight, taking on the 7-5 and five New York Knicks. Hornets are healthier, much more whole roster. Uh, we'll wait and see if there's any more word on any of the injured players, but as of the recording of this podcast, Rob Longo, you know who is certainly seeming to be available, and let's get into our game preview. We need a Hornet to watch, a Knicks player to watch, and a stat to watch. You get to pick first. 
I feel like I always go with the same order all the time, and the Hornets are on a three-game losing streak. Let's shake it up a let's little bit. Let's, let's, let's mix it up. Let's go with a stat to watch. I feel like I usually leave that for last, but uh, in terms of stats to watch, I'm going to look at the three-point shooting in a weird way. The way that I look at it is, well, neither team is effectively really that great from beyond the arc. I mean, New York is top 10 in three-point percentage. Hornets are next to last in the association when it comes to that, so New York doesn't get their points a lot from beyond the arc, but when they get hot, they get hot. I mean, I think we saw that the other game just on Sunday whenever the Hornets were in New York. I mean, you go back and you look at the box score, and the Knicks end up shooting 42% from beyond the arc, so they had a little bit of an awakening there, but I mean, if you go back to last night's game for Charlotte, I mentioned it in the first segment, but you know, they did a really good job limiting the Bucks from beyond the arc. I mean, they were just 1 of 10 in the first half, and then they end up going, what? Quick math says 14 for 23 from beyond the arc. So, I mean, just kind of a tale from two halves in that sense. So, if you're Charlotte and you can just keep the three-point shooting to a minimal for New York, then that's going to be basically your ball game because, at the same time, Hornets are the best team in the paint, and the Knicks are a long shot at scoring in the paint. So if you're able to just keep them average from beyond the arc, and then you're able to dominate the paint like you were able to do over the last couple of games, basically in every win that the Hornets have had this season, then I think that's kind of your recipe for success. Hopefully having the Hornets a little bit more in rhythm with all those guys who have returned will will help in that regard, and yeah, allow them to have more one-on-one and stay attached more to players, uh, not get so many open looks from the perimeter. I do think Charlotte's got to shoot a little bit better from three. Uh, look, they made one in the second half, two after the first quarter last night, so got to be better than 23% from distance. I don't know that they've got to shoot 50% to get a win. I would hope not, um, but I think you're right. they got to be a little bit more tethered to the Knicks in that category, both keeping the Knicks closer to earth and uh, getting themselves a little bit closer to uh, a league average from beyond the arc. I'm going to go in the opposite direction, though, and say points in the paint. Charlotte has been the best team in the NBA in points in the paint. They won that battle against against the Knicks. Uh, sorry, they lost that battle against the Knicks last time, though, 62-56, to and that was a big part of the reason why New York came away with the victory. Uh, if Charlotte's going to win games, they've got to exploit their advantages on the interior. I know the Knicks are a big team, but Mark Williams is exceptional finishing around the basket. LaMelo Ball is having a great year in terms of finishing on the inside. You've got players that are really good at operating on the inside, and of course, if you can get this team up and down, you're going to finish a lot at the rim. So I'm looking at Charlotte to exploit their advantages where they can in terms of points in the paint. You were right to notice it earlier. The Knicks going into last night's contest, uh, they are second worst in the NBA in points in the paint, 43 a night. Charlotte is best at 61 points a night. That didn't really bear out against the Milwaukee Bucks. Hornets had a mild advantage at points in the paint, but Milwaukee's an enormous team too. So if you're going to be good at something, it can't just be against the small teams. It's got to be against everybody. I think Charlotte can do that. That's where I'm looking for my stat to watch. Where do you want to go next? Hornet or Nick? Let's go with Hornets player to watch. I'm going to pick Miles Bridges because of a little bit of a ripple effect. I wanted to take Mark Williams. I did take him as my silver lining, so I feel like I can't really do both, but with the way that the game shook out last night, we saw Nick Richards take a pretty bad fall, went to the locker room, got checked out, tried to come back out on the floor, did not play the second half. He was out with concussion-like symptoms. We don't know what's going to happen with him tonight. Obviously, based off the timing of this recording, we haven't really gotten a fresh injury report. So because of that ripple effect, 
what's that going to look like rotation-wise in the front court? Is that going to be Mark Williams? And then when Mark Williams goes to the bench, is that P.J. Washington playing small ball five? Is that Miles Bridges going to the four? Is that Miles playing some small ball five? And Miles played a lot of minutes last night. Hasn't seen a lot of game action, obviously. He comes in in last night's game and he plays 33 minutes. That was the second most on the team outside of LaMelo Ball, who played 35. So it just is a little bit of a ripple effect from the sense that if Nick Richards is unable to go, what does that rotation look like? What does that lineup look like? when the starting five end up going to the bench at some point. So that's why Miles Bridges is my player to watch tonight, just because of the domino effect that it might have on everybody else on the roster. Fair enough. I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. I'll keep taking the obvious answer here. He's been the best player for the Hornets all season. He's putting up all-star numbers and then some team does need to get some wins to give him a better argument in that conversation, but there's no question he has been just off to an exceptional start. He's scoring in the paint. He's hitting a lot of threes. He's been able to get to the line a lot. I think he's doing a lot of things right. The one area I do think that he needs to clean up and the team in general needs to clean up, the assist-to-turnover ratio. It's gotten a little off the last couple of games. I do think the injuries are impacting that. He's having to put a lot more on his shoulders and we heard in the post-game comments from a couple of players that they need to do more to support LaMelo Ball and that's true. So for LaMelo, I think, you know, trusting in his teammates and keep getting them some open looks and for those guys to knock down shots. Part of the reason the assist-to-turnover ratio is not very good is because the team's not making a lot of shots. He's getting them the ball. He's getting them open looks. You gotta put them down give the kid his assist so that he can have triple doubles instead of double doubles. You You know what they call me in pick basketball they like, call me the assist killer ooh. and that's what a couple of the guys have been on the oh. team lately for the Hornets unfortunately it took me a second to get that one but yeah that's unfortunate uh yeah look I think LaMelo's just been having an exceptional exceptional season I think he he just continue to do what you're doing six straight games of 25 or more and hopefully some more of those shots will fall for some of his teammates but he has to stay on the gas here uh, for the Hornets to have their best chance at getting wins last but not least we need a player for the New York Knicks I feel like as the Knicks go this this guy goes, and that's Julius Randle. He finishes with 22 points last night, seven rebounds, eight assists against the Wizards. I know that the Wizards are very, very thin at center. They have Daniel Gafford, and that's about it. But, I mean, Randle, 9 of 18 from the field, just 1 of 5 beyond the arc. His three-point shooting has not been great to start the season, but it seems like at this point it's more of a him just sticking to the bread and butter. I know five three-pointer attempts doesn't really say that, but maybe it was just him trying to get back into a little bit of a rhythm. Obviously, we didn't watch the game because we were playing at the same time, so maybe they were open looks from beyond York. I don't know, but uh, Julius Randle has just been really, really, quite frankly, just the guy that's been carrying them basically the last season and a half or so. So I know it may be low-hanging fruit. I know there's some other guys out there like Jalen Brunson and quickly had a really good game off the bench last night as well, but Julius Randle is my player to watch just because, again, I don't know what that rotation's going to look like in the front court. It's a tough assignment for P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Mark Williams, whoever ends up drawing that assignment. So Julius Randle, my Nick to watch tonight. I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. He has been on a real tear, just like LaMelo has put together six straight games of 25 points or more. Brunson has put together five in a row of at least 20 points, and the difference between winning and losing seems to be his efficiency. If he can stay above 50% shooting from three, volume hasn't mattered as much, but if he can stay above 50% shooting from three within this subset, the Knicks are winning. If he doesn't, they're losing. So 
Part of this is contesting him. He's not a huge player, physical stature, size. He's only six foot two, so there should be some defensive advantages for the Hornets, but there should be for most of the league, and it doesn't matter because he's that good. So I think you got to find ways to disrupt Jalen Brunson, make him a less efficient player, particularly from distance. If you can do that, you've got a much better chance against the Knicks. Uh, New York coming to town on night two of a back-to-back. Hornets are going to get to sleep at home and hopefully have that uh, rest advantage ingrained in there, even though there isn't the extra day off compared to when you played. You do have the lack of travel, which should serve the Hornets well here in their contest against the Knicks. Hornets will have revenge on their mind. They fell to New York 120-99 to over the weekend. They were very shorthanded in that one. Less so for this one. We'll, of course, have a full injury update on pregame on the Hornets flagship station, 92.7 Sports Radio WFNZ, and you can follow Hornet social media as well for all the latest there. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here on this edition of the HHC. Of course, I'll talk to you in what, two hours? Uh, It's not going to be very long. You enjoy your nap under the desk and we'll get back to it for round two of our back-to-back Hornets taking on the New York Knicks, hoping to pick up their fourth win of the season. Till next time, with thanks to Rob Longo for joining me and to all of you for tuning in. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another recap edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.